Hey, it's a crazy world out there with uh, us all socially isolating because of COVID-19. And then we live here in Fort McMurray, the epicenter of the blowout of oil prices worldwide. But you know, this is still one awesome place to live where people really do look out for one another. Where neighbors, I, I know on my street, are rallying whenever there's a need, and I'm sure that's true of your street as well. And we're your church family. Hey, with all of the needs that are out there, we have like three times as many people to respond to needs as there are needs that we've been made aware of right now. I mean, how awesome is that? Like, well done, Fort City. We're well positioned to serve as this crisis continues. Yes. And friends, what allows us to weather this double whammy, this COVID-19, oil price collapse double whammy, in ways that many others cannot? It's the fact that we know and are filled with the resurrected Jesus, that Jesus is risen, that he is risen indeed, and that the risen Jesus is living in us. He is living in you if you've invited him to come into your life. Have you done that? Have you ever asked him to come into your life, to take up residence in your life? If ever there was a time, this is a time when you need Jesus to come into your life and empower you to give you life and joy now. And on this Easter Sunday, I want to look at what happened to the followers of Jesus when the resurrected Jesus got a hold of their lives and what happens to our lives too. What happens when the resurrected Jesus fills us with his spirit? To create some context, I'm going to read to you what the Apostle John tells us happened on that very first Easter night. This is the very first Easter Sunday, and it's now nighttime on the day that uh, Jesus rose from the dead. Let me read. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Out of verse 29. Then Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Take a look at that last verse that I just read on the screen. I've underlined the word life, that by believing, you may have life in Jesus' name. Three words that we use here at Fort City to kind of describe the, the life that Jesus wants us to be living, uh, what he wants us to experience. The words are life, transformation, adventure. And, and today we want to talk about the life that the resurrected Jesus gives us. We want to talk about three different things that Jesus pours into our lives that, that makes all the difference in our ability to live in this crazy, messed up world we're in the middle of. These three things are courage peace, joy. And wow, could we ever use a little courage, peace, and joy right now, right? This is how the Apostle Paul describes it. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. 
Friends, I sure do. I sure want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to experience his power at work in my life. I yearn to experience courage that overcomes fear, peace that gives my life stability, and joy that can actually be experienced even in the midst of dark times. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and I'm pretty sure you do too, that we all want to experience courage, peace, and joy. Well, let's just walk through a part of that story we just read from that first Easter night. And if you find today helpful, I I hope you come back next week because I'm going to take a step further into this story. This week, we're going to take a look at the courage, peace, and joy that will help us cope with the mess we're in. Next week, we're not just going to be coping. No, we're going to thrive and we're going to become difference makers in the midst of this mess. But right now, let's just look at coping. Let's look at what happens when we open our lives up to the resurrection power that Jesus has for you and me. First thing, the first thing that happens when you and I have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus and we allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit is that Jesus fills us with courage that drives out fear. That's courage that drives out fear. People who have a deep encounter with the resurrected Jesus They become a a, a courageous, they become a no-fear people. Oh, I hear you saying, but Doug, Doug, I'm full of fear. My my job is at risk. I I have family who are sick. I I fear for my kids. I'm I'm full of fear. I hear you. But you got to see what could happen. What could happen if you let Jesus really get a hold of your life? What could happen when you surrender fully to Jesus' friends? What I'm talking about this morning, this can happen. Let's get back to the story that we just read. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. You see what's going on there? The disciples, they're scared to death. They're afraid. They're they're hiding in a room with the doors locked. Notice as well that it's late in the evening. Have you ever been so tired yet so afraid that you couldn't get to sleep? This is what's happening with these guys. They've had, understand, an emotional roller coaster of a week, highs and lows. They've they've gone through the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion and the death and the burial of their leader, Jesus. These guys, they're emotionally spent. They're drained. They are fearful that they could be the next to die. So they can't get to sleep, and it's late in the evening. I mean, most of them probably haven't slept for days. Then it says they were hiding. Why? Vince Lombardi, the uh, great football coach, once said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And it does. These guys were probably second-guessing themselves. Were we wrong? Was Jesus not who he claimed to be? Was he really God? Were we deluded? What are we going to do now? They're going to, they're going to get us. They're coming for us. We're going to die. And they're second-guessing themselves. They're catastrophizing. Any of you identify? Any of you maybe experience a bit of fear, doing a little bit of catastrophizing, imagining that the worst is going to happen to you? Sure, lots of you. Let's, let's just be honest. Now, in the middle of all of that fear and catastrophizing, suddenly Jesus shows up among the disciples, and get this, When he first showed up, they didn't even recognize him. Why? Well, 
because they weren't expecting him. He's dead. They weren't expecting to see a dead guy alive. Kind of makes sense. In fact, this happens in your life all the time. God shows up in your life all the time and you don't even notice him there. He shows up in your life in all sorts of circumstances and situations and you don't recognize him. Why? Because you're not looking for him. You're not expecting him. You act as if he's dead, not around, not interested. Come on, this is true of many of us right now in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis with the economy crashing around us. You don't see God anywhere. I mean, come on, if God is good, he wouldn't let stuff like this happen, right? So if stuff like this happens, then, then God must be weak or inept or dead or cruel or something. And you're just not looking for him. You feel like God's on some distant planet or you certainly don't think he's going to do too much for you. But friends, the truth is, he is closer than you realize. He's here. If you would open your eyes and your heart to see, he's here, he's near. And he wants to help you today. And friends, Jesus comes to you just as you are, perhaps locked up in a self-imposed prison of fear. You may not be looking for God right now. Still, I tell you, he's here. He's willing to touch your life just as you are. However messed up things are in your life right now, he wants to come and bust through your fear and fill you with courage and hope. He wants to come and help you get beyond whatever it is that has you locked behind closed doors. Jesus, he wants to set you free from your fears and give you a courageous passion to live a life that defies death, that defies COVID-19, that defies the economic mess that we're in the middle of. Friends, he did that that first Easter night. The, the resurrected Jesus wants to infuse your life with courage. Just open your eyes and see. Receive the courage that he has for you and let him bust through that fear. Okay. As you receive the courage that Jesus has for you, as you allow him to bust through your walls of fear, notice a second thing. He floods you with peace. Take a look at the very first thing Jesus says to his disciples. Then Jesus said, peace be with you. I love this. He says, calm down, you guys. Chill out. Take a deep breath. Relax. It's going to be okay. I got it under control. I mean, this is so good. The very first thing Jesus says to these guys who are defeated, demoralized, depressed, they're discouraged, they're running on empty, he says, peace be with you. It's okay. I got this. And friends, he's saying the very same thing to you and me right now, right in the midst of this crazy world. He says to you and me, it's okay. I got this. Just receive my gift of peace. So will you do that? Will you say yes to God's gift of peace? You can do that even now as I'm talking. You know, what I really love about what Jesus says here, I actually really love what he didn't say. For those of you who are familiar with the story, and I know not all of you are, and that's okay. So if you don't know the story that well, I just encourage you to read the last few chapters of uh, the Gospel of John for yourself. But here's what's so cool about Jesus, right? The disciples, when Jesus was taken away, they kind of all scattered. And, and so Jesus, at this point, he, he could have walked into the room, and the first thing he could have said to his followers was, hey, why did you guys leave me? 
Why did you abandon me? I mean, where were you when I needed you the most? I mean, you didn't show up. You were with me for three years, and I go through a tough time, and you guys flake out. No. He didn't do that. He didn't criticize them. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't scold them. He didn't put them down. He didn't correct them or reprimand them. He just poured out love on them. And he wants to do the same thing with you. I mean, no matter what you've done, really, wherever you're at, whatever you've done, doesn't matter. Jesus, Jesus wants to pour. He wants to pour a lot of love on you right now. Hey, what's the first thing Jesus does when he encounters you, full of defeat and fear or whatever is destructively gripping you these days? What does he do with the mess you're in, maybe even the mess that you made, right? He encourages you. Peace be with you. He showers you with his love. Why does he do that? Because he understands your confusion. If you don't get anything else, I I want you to get this right now. Nobody understands how you feel as much as Jesus does. God understands how you feel more than you understand how you feel. So why don't you just tell God what you're feeling? He already knows, and he, and he cares. And there's nothing too small, nothing too insignificant, nothing too big that you can't talk to God about. So go ahead. Talk to him about it. Unload yourself on him and, and receive the encouragement. Receive love from him. And listen to these incredible words that the Apostle Paul, inspired by our loving God, has for us about the peace and the encouragement that God wants to bring into our lives. Do not worry. Do not worry about anything but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And God's peace, which is so great, we can't understand it, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the resurrected Jesus, he he fills us with supernatural courage. He floods our lives with peace. And then there's a third thing that happens. You are gripped, gripped by joy as you begin to live life to the full. Let's go back again to the Apostle John's account of that first Easter night. As he, Jesus, spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. Now, Don't confuse joy with happiness. Joy is is just far deeper than happiness. Joy is the antidote to fear, depression, or or really anything that's in you that that leads to that sense of overwhelming darkness. Here's what you need to know about real joy, joy that comes from God. Joy can be a part of your life, not just in the good times, but in the middle of dark times. When you've lost your job or a loved one, when your future is unknown, even so, you can experience joy. Joy comes when you let Jesus turn up in the middle of your darkness. Joy comes when you recognize who Jesus is and you engage personally with him as your friend and leader. One of my favorite writers is C.S. Lewis. 
Uh, as a university student, he was doing what a lot of young guys like to do, and that's figuring out how to enjoy life, have a little fun, while at the same time trying to, you know, grow up and get a little deep, find the meaning or purpose to life. His favorite hangout, like many a young adult, was a pub where, along with a few friends, including uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, they would drink beer, smoke pipes, enjoy their friendship with each other, and together they would try to figure out life. Kind of a small, small group, good friends, and really it was, a very, it was a very powerful experience. Lewis was not yet a Christian believer. He was a committed atheist. He, he was just a young guy who wanted to live life to the full, have a little fun. He was not really interested in anything that looked religious. But in him, there was this drive to figure out how to experience genuine joy. How, how do you really live life to the full so that it's lived with joy, not just in good times, but bad times as well? He eventually wrote a book about what happened when he started to pursue joy and, and figure out what it means to really live life well, uh, deeply, joyfully. The book is called Surprised by Joy because he was totally surprised about where he found joy. Lewis was a typical young guy who loves life, friends, adventure, and sports. But he was looking for something more, something deeper, a, a stability to life, a, a joy that would energize his life, not, not just in the good times, but all the time. And to his utter surprise, his pursuit of real, deep, enduring joy, it ended up with this strong atheist becoming a follower of Jesus. When, when C.S. Lewis saw the risen Jesus for who he was, he experienced the joy he so yearned for. What Lewis discovered is that all these yearnings, passions, and desires that are deeply embedded in every human being, desires that sometimes lead us to do good things, and sometimes we try to do bad things to fulfill them. You got these desires, right? Desires that can lead us to good or to bad. Lewis figured out correctly that all desires, all of them, when correctly understood, all desires point to Jesus because he's the only one who can really meet our deepest desire. Desire is a gift from Jesus that can lead us to Jesus, whether we use these desires we have for good or for bad. You know, like when desire becomes destructive and leads us into addiction, it really points to a need that only Jesus uh, can meet. Or the desire that many of us have to have kids and raise a family, it points us to Jesus who will empower us to live with strong relationships even as he lives in perfect harmony with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit where the ultimate relationship is with him. Desires that we have can be for good or bad and the desires themselves are not bad in and of themselves. It's what we do with them that's sometimes bad, but they all come from God who created us with desire, and he is the one who can ultimately meet our desires and lead us into that experience of joy that we all yearn for. And that's why Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. I have come to fulfill those desires in you. I planted those desires in you. What you deeply yearn to experience in life, the, the joy you really want, friend, it, it only comes through a personal encounter with the resurrected Jesus. I mean, everything else, as good as they are, everything else falls short. And get this. Take a look at one spot where joy turned up in the life of Jesus. Let me read uh, what the writer of Hebrews tells us. 
He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Catch this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you see it there? Jesus found joy as he endured the cross for you and me. If Jesus can find joy in the middle of the one, one of the most darkest and brutal of human experiences, maybe, just maybe, with Jesus living in us, you and I can find joy in the middle of the mess that we're in right now. You can be gripped with joy even when times are dark. You can be gripped with joy if you let Jesus give that joy to you. Friends, this Easter, the resurrected Jesus wants to bust through your fear and fill you with courage. He, he wants to invade your life with peace. And, and he will empower you to live life gripped with joy. Will you let Jesus do that for you? Will you let him fill you with his courage, peace, and joy? Oh, how we need courage, peace, and joy today, would you agree? Well, the resurrected Jesus wants to give that to you today. Well, we're going to pray in a minute, and we're going to pray that Jesus will give us courage, peace, and joy. And so I invite you to pray along with me, and what I'm going to ask you to do is take the words that I pray and kind of pray them on your own. Pray them for yourself. Will you do that? Join me in prayer and really make this prayer. Pray with me and make this your own prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. I come to you this Easter and I look to you and I cry out to you, Jesus, I need you. Just, just say that to him, Jesus, I need you. I, I need your resurrection power. Fill me with courage that pushes fear away. Fill me with peace that brings a stability and a security to my life. Fill me with joy that grips my life in good and bad times. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that your resurrection power is available to me. I receive your gift of resurrection power, that courage, that peace, that joy right now. I ask and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And maybe you have never made a decision to actually become a follower of this Jesus that we've been talking about and asked him to come into your life with his life-transforming presence, his resurrection power. Friend, you do not want to go through the crisis we're in the middle of right now without him. Why don't you pray these words with me and make a decision today to follow Jesus? Just pray this with me. Take these words and pray them on your own. Lord Jesus, I, I confess that I have not been following you or your ways. I acknowledge that. And today I make a commitment to change the direction of my life and follow you. Just tell him you're going to follow him. Forgive me for the things that have kept us apart. And I invite you to come into my life. I, I ask you to help me to live and to love well. I ask you to even use me for your glory. Come, change my life. And live through me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.